built your faith, if you've already meditated those scriptures, you've already filled your spirit full of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And that, that, that's no indication that you won't face a challenge, but it is an indication that you have the ability to face it. Amen. The answer is never in the question. The answer is never in the question. This is important because somebody will face something and, and, and they'll make the statement, uh, you know, I don't understand why this happened or, uh, you know, this is so confusing or why did this happen or why did that happen? The answer is not in the question. The more time you spend picking up the question, the less time you're picking up the answer. Amen. Because, again, even where that's concerned, what's the Scripture say? What's the Scripture say? John 10.10 says, The enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So the answer to that question is, why did this happen? Is there's a devil loose. There's an enemy. There's a thief that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? But Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, he said in the Woost Bible that I can stand immovable against his onslaught. Right? Let's, let's run over there and read this. Because what, it, what does the scripture say? 1 Peter chapter 5 and uh, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. The, again, the Woos Bible says, stand immovable against his onslaught. So it's possible to stand immovable against his onslaught, but you don't just become immovable without meditation. Amen. When you see somebody that a challenge came to them or a situation turned or they faced an issue and they stood immo- immovable, that didn't just happen. It wasn't just their constitution. They, they, they had something on the inside of them that made them immovable. Amen. Hallelujah. In uh, Psalm 112, again, uh, Michelle read this over the offering, but I want you to see this. Because this verse of Scripture means so much to me. Because notice what he says here. In verse 7, it says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. He will not be afraid. Why? His heart is fixed. What's his heart fixed doing? Trusting in the Lord. Right? His heart is established. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it takes time to get something fixed. It takes time to build trust. Amen. When, when we got born again, when you got born again, you knew God saved you, you knew God loved you, but at some point in time you started trusting Him. Right? Well, when did you start trusting Him? When you got in the Word, when things came and He made a way where there was no way, He healed your body, delivered you, set you free, kept coming through for you, you begin, then you started trusting Him. When it says His heart is fixed, that carries the idea of a peg in a wall that is so secure that you can hang something of heavy weight on it. It is fixed. It is immovable. It's not moving. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Because, because here's the thing. And, and again, I'll reference something she said over the, over the offering. You know, if, if, if you go to the doctor and you should go to the doctor, I'm not telling you you shouldn't, you should. You, you, you should, you should go every year and get a checkup, you, Right? You should take your physical and do what you need to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All the men said, Amen. Hey, there you go. Amen. But here's, here's the point. 
If you go to the doctor, there's no guarantee that you won't get a report sometime that goes contrary to what the Word of God says. When that report comes, my heart has to be fixed. When that report comes, I have to be trusting in the Lord. Right? It, it seems elementary, but think about this. There's a reciprocal to everything. The people that you see panicking, that seems so foreign to you because your heart is fixed on something else. We look at it and we kind of laugh. What are they doing? Because our heart is fixed. Amen. They, they, the only thing they have to meditate on is what they see, what they hear, what they're told. Right? But in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, it says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So notice, he's asking this question. Who's, in other words, there's two reports here. And he said, who's believed our report? Come on, praise God. Amen. Amen. Everything that you hear is a report. Yeah. Well, Come on. whose report are you going to believe? Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Amen. Do you see this? So it's a report, but whose report will I believe? So Psalm 1 This is important because it's, it's leading up to a lot of the things that we're going to say. See, what does the Word say? I've had people get upset with me, and they'll even, I've even had them uh, say it back to me facetiously. I knew you were going to say that. What does the Word say? Well, what, this is what I do. What do you expect? Right? I mean, I'm a minister of the Word, and you expect a different response? Let's go to the Word. Amen. I've had people in a counseling session say, well, pastor, what's your opinion? And I'll open my Bible and say, I don't know. Let's see. What is my opinion? Because this is the opinion. This forms your opinion. You take the precautions. You do what they're telling you needs to be done. Precautionary means, but then your heart is fixed, trusting in what God said. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there are no loopholes with this. There, there are no blank vacuums with this. This covers every part of your life, every area of your life, head to toe, your organs, your eyes, your ears, everything that you need. There's a scripture for every part of your body in this word. Amen. It'll destroy sickness. It'll produce life. Proverbs says the word of God is medicine to all of your flesh. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Do you see this? Psalm 1. And so, I've had people say, I knew you were going to say that. Well, yes. Amen. Psalm 1. And, and, and you know this, but I want you to see this. It says, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the counsel of the ungodly is not just ungodly advice. It can be fear. That's the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're just seeing the beginning of this. No, it's done. No, that's what we're declaring. It's done. And I, and, I, and I told the, the congregation last night, and I'll tell you, I don't mind saying this right out in public, that virus won't touch our church. Amen. It Amen. won't touch the members of our church. Why? Because we're protected. He, he said, none of the diseases that came on Egypt will come on you. And all throughout Scripture, Egypt is a type of the world, and Israel is a, sh- a shadow and a type of the church. And he's talking to natural Israel. And he said in the book of Exodus, none of those diseases that came on Egypt will come on you because 
I'm the Lord that heals you. Amen. So see, I can say that because Scripture says, what does the Scripture say? Amen. So he says, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Meditate, mutters, chews, speaks to himself, talks under his breath. That's what the word means. It's the Hebrew word hagas. It, mean, it, it, it literally means this, to chew the cud. Amen. If you've ever watched an old cow chew her cud, she'll start chewing that grass or hay or whatever she's chewing, and then she'll swallow it and regurgitate it and chew it again. She chews all the nutrients out of that, out of that, out of that grass. Goes through seven stomachs. Hallelujah. But she gets all the nutrients out of it. Amen. That's, that, that's a gross observation, but you need to, that's what he's saying. Amen. You ever watch an old cow chew her cud? She'll, she'll lay down or stand there and just close her eyes and go. Amen. The world falling apart around her and she's just chewing her cud. Amen. That, in the spirit, that's how God says you should be. That you should put the word in you and just meditate it and just chew on it and just roll it around. Amen. And bring it back up and chew on it again and get up in the morning and chew on it again. He says day and night. Amen. The story is that there was a young Jewish man that came to his teacher and asked him, he said, can I study Greek? And the teacher took him to this verse and said, if you can find a time that is neither day nor night, then you can study Greek. Because it says you meditate in the word day and night. Well, I realize you've got to go to work and I realize you've got family duties and you've got things. But listen, this meditation is not just reading it, it's talking it. It's chewing on it. You can be driving down the road chewing on the word. You can be walking through the grocery store chewing on the word. Why? You are establishing yourself on something. Every time you meditate the word, you're establishing yourself on something. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and notice, he finds his delight in the law. He finds his delight in the word. This is not tiresome. It's not burdensome. It's not wearisome. Amen. And verse 3, and he shall be like. A tree planted by the rivers of water. I always loved this verse, but boy, this really got big in my spirit. Because uh, for years, Pastor Michelle and I lived right across from uh, uh, the largest park in that part of Johnson County, Kansas. Shawnee Mission Park. And I used to love, love to go there and run, and we'd go walk in the afternoons. And in the middle of, we had just a horrible heat wave. And I mean, days where it was 100 or, or, or nearly 100. And it got so hot, the leaves started dropping off the trees. I mean, no rain. And uh, we were walking, and every day, I would run in the mornings, and she would walk with me in the afternoon, and we'd pass this huge oak tree. Huge. It had to be 150 years old. I mean, it's just huge. And that thing was green and, 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 and thriving. Trees around it, leaves falling off, and it's just green and thriving. And I saw the secret. I saw the secret. Down just a little ways over a little rise was a pond. And I found out that oak tree had hooked its roots into that pond. Amen. Do do you see this? He will be like that oak tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. Hallelujah. How how, how does that happen? Meditating on the word. Staying with the word. Establishing something in your heart. That is of greater value than anything else. It's, It's getting yourself fixed on the word of God. Hallelujah. This is so important. Because fear comes to move you away from the answer. 
And, and, and whatever, you, whatever actions you take in fear, amen, you, you, you take them void of faith. Amen. Do you see this? So how did he get to this place? Now look, verse 4 says, the ungodly are not so. Well, now, why, why are they not so? They're, they're meditating right, but they're meditating on the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, I was talking to one of the sisters today after prayer, and she said she was standing in line at the grocery store, I think it was, or, or Walmart or something, and she just kind of cleared her throat, just kind of went, <clears throat> and, the, and, the, and the checker on this aisle said, uh, you can go over there and they'll help you. Wow. What? Amen. <clears throat> now, now, I'm not saying that you don't need to be, you know, cautious, but what I'm saying is if, if it's in my mind that if somebody coughs or somebody sneezes, oh, Corona, oh, you know. <laughs> right? No, it's, it's not necessarily. Well, but what if it is? I'll take sickness from your midst. Let, let me remind you that God himself was executing judgment against the gods of Egypt and he brought ten plagues that literally destroyed that nation. They were things that God was doing. Is that right? Is that what scripture says? But it says when there was darkness for three days in Egypt that could be felt that just over the county line, we could say, in Goshen, where God's people was, there was no darkness. Right? He, said, he says when the cattle were dying in Egypt by the truckload, that, in, that, in, that in, in Goshen, none of the animals were touched, none of the livestock died, because there's a blessing wall that's between us and the world. The world can't see it, and I can't see it. It's not visible with my eyes. But it is there, and it's signified in the Word of God. God always makes a difference between His people and the people of the world. And if you meditate on the Word, you are protected from the diseases of this age. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now over here in Joshua 8. Again, I, I realize that, especially in the circles we're in, these, uh, or Joshua 1, excuse me, these are familiar scriptures. But don't let familiarity rob the power from you. Hallelujah. He says, let's start in verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll not fail you nor forsake you. Now stop right there. God doesn't change. So I'm telling you, God will be with you and he will not fail you and he will not forsake you. He won't. Amen. Be strong and have a good courage. So what do you do when you hear a bad report or you hear the word pandemic or you hear this, or you hear that, you be strong and of a good courage. Say it out loud. I'm strong and of a good courage. Say it one more time. I'm strong and of a good courage. Amen. Faith operates best from a position of strength. Amen. I've been doing this long enough to see both sides of this. People that make it are people that rise up and fight. People that don't make it are people that lay down and quit. Amen. And listen. Oh, Lord, help me with this. I've known people before that would call me and they would say, well, you know, I'm dealing with this. Will you pray with me? And I said, well, yes, of course. And you'll pray and you'll agree and, and get off the phone. And uh, then they'll call you and they'll say, well, you know, we're believing God, but we're going we're gonna to go ahead and go to the doctor. Now, this is not the doctor's fault. I don't want you to hear that. I'm just saying. 
this person then will go to the doctor and get a bad report. And then they quit. Because the bad report took their strength. He said, you got to be strong and of a good courage. Because every one of us in here at some point in time in our life, we're going to face something that we got to be strong about. That we got to have courage about. There's no scripture in the Bible that says you won't face a challenge. Rather, we're told that we're in a fight of faith. We're told that the enemy is going to try to attempt to do things in our lives, but we can stand immovable against him. But we got to stand. We got to be strong and of a good courage. Amen. Then he says, verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. For what reason? That you may observe to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So there are times that it, you have to be very courageous to do the word. It takes courage to stand on the word. Amen. It takes courage when the symptoms are trying to ravage your body and, and your mind saying it's this and your mind saying it's that. But you say, no, what does the word say? And you keep going back to the word. Amen. So he says, you be strong and very courageous. And then he says, notice what he says about the word. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Wow. That you may prosper wherever you go. Don't take your eyes off of it. Don't turn away from it. What does the word say? What does the word say? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what do I do if the doctor says this? Well, then listen, listen, you got, you got a couple choices. Some people look right at their doctor and say, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but I, I don't mind telling you I'm healed. Amen. 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 Or you can say it under your breath to yourself. I had my doctor tell me one time he examined some things and he said, well, you know, uh, that that you have here, that it doesn't get better. And I just said, I just said very nicely, it does for me. It does for me. And it has. Amen. When, uh, when uh, Pastor Michelle and I, we, we, we both, uh, uh, <laughs> it was almost back to back, we had some uh, uh, surgical procedures. And uh, the, doctor, the doctor said to her, he said, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was talking about the, the effects of the surgery. And he said, uh, now, the highest percentage of people have this, and it wasn't good. All right? And then he said, but I forget, 20, 10% have no effects. And she goes, I'll be in the 10%. I'll be in the 10%. And she was. Amen. And the doctor told me the same thing. And I said, well, I'll be in the 10%. I got that from her. <laughs> we'll be discussing things and she'll be revelating with me and I'll say, I'll stop and I'll go, okay, here's a disclaimer. Anything that you say may be preached in my next message. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and, and she told me, she said, she said, so you waited until I gave you all this revelation to tell me that. And, of course. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. But see, now you see, you got to make the decision. Because he says, don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Hallelujah. Yeah, but it's bad what they said. I know, but what does the word say? It doesn't say turn from it if it's not too bad. Right? Or turn from it if it's really bad. Glory to God. Right? And then people get mad at the doctor. Don't get mad at the doctor. They're just reporting what they see. Amen. Thank God a lot of good faith people wouldn't have known what to believe for if they hadn't went to the doctor. But, but if you go, be prepared. Then you might get a report that you don't like. But we can change the report. Amen. You were shouting real good one moment ago. 
if faith doesn't work when it's challenged, why are we using it? If faith doesn't work in the fight or in the challenge, why are we spending our time building it? Amen. Faith is not just a suit of clothes, a car, a house, a a bank account. Faith is not just having the things you want. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a shield that covers us from head to toe, front to back, all around us. Faith is a lifestyle for the believer. It's not just something we use to get things. It's, It's not a money magnet. Faith is a lifestyle. The just shall live by faith. Amen. And so that means that I'm consistently building my faith because at some point in my life, something's going to occur that I'm going to need to use my faith for. And I need my faith to be strong. I need my faith to be, I need my faith to be quick and active. I need my faith to be alive and ready and up to the test. Glory be to God. Amen. Do you see that? Hallelujah. And he says what happens is that then you'll prosper in everywhere you go. That you may prosper whithersoever you goest. I am glad we don't talk that way today. Go and prosper whithersoever you goest. What did he say? <laughs> but notice how that comes. Don't turn from it. Other scriptures say, keep your gaze fixed. Right? The Bible says Jesus endured the cross by keeping his focus on what the promise was. Right? When, when, he, when he went into the belly of the earth and to hell, he began to declare God's word back to him. You'll not leave me in hell. You'll bring me out. You'll redeem me. You'll bring me out. Amen. It's important. Then he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there. And here's this phrase again, day and night, that you may observe to do all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. So the frequency that you speak the word determines how quickly faith comes. The, the more frequent I'm talking the word, the quicker faith's coming. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 8 is Joshua writing the word on the table of his heart. And we know he continued to do this because he accomplished all that God told him to do and all that God told Moses to do. Amen. Amen. So the answer is in the Word. I say the answer is in the Word. Look at Exodus 23. I was talking about people that just kind of lie down. You know, the enemy, his job is to, if we can say it this way, take the wind out of your sails. That's what he delights in doing. Amen. Well, I was, you know, I didn't think it was any big deal. And then I went to the doctor and they told me, and I had one person say, you know, the, the doctor, man, I didn't have a problem until I went to the doctor. No, you didn't know the problem you had until you went to the doctor. Amen. Amen. I, I know. I know that some doctors don't have a good bedside manner, and, and I understand they make mistakes. But here's here's what I'm trying to say. In this instance, that person didn't know what they were dealing with till the doctor told them. And what they found out, what they wouldn't admit, but what they found out was that their faith was not in a, in a position to handle the report they received. Your your mouth feeds your heart the word of God when you don't have a problem. And then when you do have a problem, your heart will feed your mouth and you'll come out of it. Amen? But, but it has to be on the inside of me. Glory to God. Exodus 23 and verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God and He will bless your bread and water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. 
Is that what it says? Hallelujah. Well, see, what does the word say? Notice, and now I'm not making light of things, and please don't think I am, but I, I've, for, the, for the state of, of, of some things that are going on, I want you to see this. Notice he doesn't say that if you don't touch anybody else or if you're not around anybody that has it, he says, if it shows up, I will take it away. Right? See, I believe God. Amen. Am I helping you? Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Now, look at Psalm 91. And then we're, we're uh, I'm watching my time. There's some things I want you to see here. Because no matter what it is, notice this in verse 10. And the qualifier is dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God. Dwelling in the Word. Dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. All right? But if, when you're doing that, and I know you are because you're faith builders. So that's what you do. It says, there shall no evil befall you. Now, you stop right there for a moment. Think about that. No evil will befall you. What does the word say? Yeah, but this is happening in the world. Yeah, but what does the word say? It says, no evil will befall me. Neither shall any plague. Focus on that word any. Any plague. Name them. Name them. Any plague. It will not come near your dwelling. I have pastored churches through pig flu. Hong Kong flu, bird flu, flu flu, flu flu, amen. I, and I'm not making light of that, but, but I'm telling you, and we're going to pastor right through this, and it's not going to touch our family, it's not going to touch our churches, nobody's going to come down with it. Why? No plague will come near your dwelling. Is that what the word says? So when somebody says, well, you just never know. No, no, what does the Word say? If I know what the Word says, I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, but I think I got the symptoms. He'll take sickness away. Is that right? Amen. Amen. And you don't wait until everything is so bad. Right? You, you, you. If, and, and I'm looking and, and I'm assuming you are. If you're symptom free in every area, you should be building your faith right now. You don't just read healing scriptures when you're sick. You keep reading them and you, you won't get sick. Why? You're inoculating yourself. <laughs> That's good stuff. Amen. I want to show you something in Job 3 because you got to say this out loud. Stand against fear. You, you, folks, you have to stand against fear. Fear is the enemy. Fear will make you sick. Faith will make you well. Fear, it has been... Now, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but reports I've read and seen and heard, it, it is a scientifically proven fact that when you get into fear, the cells in your body open up and start and start receiving when you get into fear. Amen. That's, I shudder when I hear people say, oh, I'm just afraid I'm coming down with this. It's not going to be long. Because fear opens you up to it. You, you, should, you should go get a book in the, shameless plug, in the bookstore called Fear Free Living. Amen. Hallelujah. How to never be afraid another day in your life. Amen. You know, you know when I first got a hold of that, I was helping my brother-in-law, and uh, they, they pastor a, a faith builder's church in, in uh, Raytown, Missouri, and uh, him and my sister. And... Uh, 
We just ordained them last Sunday, as a matter of fact. And, uh, but the point is, I was helping him roof a building. And I roofed for one summer, and I promised the Lord I would never roof another summer in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I'd always worked hard, but roofing took it to a whole other level. Amen. And uh, uh, hallelujah. So when you drive by those crews roofing in the summer, they are not having fun, I promise. But uh, we were carrying supplies up, and, uh, and every time I would come to get on the ladder, man, this fear would try to grip me, because we're high up. And, and, and the ladder was standing right about here, and you had to swing your leg around over the edge and get on the ladder. And finally, now I'm not suggesting you do this, but finally... I just got on the edge of that building and put my toes right on the edge. And I said, okay, devil, I'm standing here till you let go of me. Because I'm not going to be afraid. I cannot allow fear to have any part of me. You can't either. Amen. Well, now you got to use common sense. Yes, you do. But common sense and fear are two vastly different things. Fear is anxiousness. Fear is worry. Fear is concern that something's going to happen. Being cautious, being, being uh, what, what's the word I use? Uh, common sense, wise, being cautious is not fear. Amen. You might be cautious and stay home if you have symptoms for the betterment of other people, but you're not afraid. Amen. If you don't stand against fear, fear will overwhelm you. Amen. And, and notice here, you've read this before, but I, I need you to see this. Verse 25 of Job 3, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. I feared a fear, Job said, and it came upon me. The word fear there, when it says fear, it means to be in dread. And how, how often do you hear people saying things like that? Oh, I got to go do this tomorrow, and I'm just dreading it. Oh, I'm just dreading it. Well, pastor, you don't know. Either words mean what they mean or they don't. So when you say you're dreading something, you're saying you're afraid of it. Well, you know what I mean. No, I know what Jesus meant, and he said you'd have what you say. I know the Bible says, remember what does Scripture say? When people say things like that to you, well, you know what I mean. Hey, hey, what's Scripture say? By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Every idle, non-operative word you will give an account for in the day of judgment. Why? Because of the power encased within your words. Your words are supposed to be used to move things out of your life and bring things into your life. To produce good in your life and to stop bad in your life. You're never supposed to say things you don't mean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. See, and what did Job, it, it says, if you go over here, you say, what's this got to do with healing? Because you've you got to understand this. Job says in Job chapter 1, it says something uh, about Job's uh, uh, sons and, and daughters, and, and they would have birthday parties and whatnot. And in uh, verse 5, towards the latter end of it, it says that Job would rise in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. He was doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Amen. And saying the wrong thing. He said it and did it continually. This is what he feared. That his sons, his family had cursed God. And they were going to be under judgment. And then in chapter 3, he says, the thing I feared came on me. Amen. Don't fear. You cannot fear. Why? Because there's too much working in your favor for you to be afraid. Right? I, I read it last night in Psalm 23. He said, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. You know how close you have to be to something to be in its shadow? Pretty close. And he said, I might be in the valley of the shadow of death, but I won't fear. 
Why? Because you're with me. Sounds like Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll be with you. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. So, Romans chapter 8. Let's talk about some of the things that are working for you. And you can't allow yourself to start going down that question road. Well, what happens if? And, and what if I present with this symptoms? Or what if this happens? Or what if I see that on my body? Or what if I go to the doctor and, and they do that CT scan and this comes up? Or what if they do an EKG and, and my heart is bad? That's fear. Don't pick up that question. You cast that down. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm going to go and I'm going to have that EKG. And no matter what comes back, I'm going to believe God. If something needs to be fixed, the Lord will fix it. But I'm going to trust Him. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, I could die. Yeah, another side of that is glory. I mean, there's worse things. Right? May not be God's best, but you're going to heaven. What I'm trying to say, you take the fear out of it. Because the enemy will come and say, well, you might die. Hell, I might. And then I'm goodbye world, goodbye. I'm out of here, Jack. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John Lake, uh, you can call it an experiment, but he was praying for uh, a bone disease. Mm-hmm. And when he prayed, he said, God, kill this devilish disease by your power. Let the spirit move in and live in him. Mm-hmm. And he based it on these scriptures. The law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of Jesus lives in me and he's quickening my mortal body. Amen. What was the result of that? Every cell responded. Every cell responded. When you talk about something like cancer, let me give you a definition of cancer. And you don't have to try to write this down. It's a malignant and massive growth or tumor, especially one originating in epithelium. The epithelium is the tissue that covers a, 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 a surface or lines a cavity or the like, tending to recur after excision and to metastasize to other sites. But here's my, if I say favorite definition, It's what cancer really is to me. Any evil condition or thing that spreads destructively. Cancer. It's evil. Amen? Evil. Evil. Now, I'm going through this for a reason. Normal cell growth is the result of multiplication of cells by what's called mitosis. In other words, that's just the usual method of cell division. I'm not a... A doctor, I don't have any medical knowledge, but I can read. (laughs) Normal organs or tissue grow by multiplication of cells according to an established pattern until it reaches mature size and function. Now, here's what happens. The healing process stops when that injured tissue has been restored. Once that injured tissue is restored, then the cells quit multiplying. It stops. Amen. Amen. Cancer cells is a rebellion of cell growth. In other words, they are outlaw cells that multiply in defiance of the controls that regulate normal growth. So they just, they get out of control. All right? But notice something. When he prayed on, based on these scriptures, every cell responded. Your body, when you speak the word of God to your body, 
It's designed to respond to it. Because the word created it. That's why you've got to keep your body used to hearing the word. Amen. When you go to sleep at night, when you get up in the morning. The, the, remember in, in the Old Testament, he said, here's how you get the word in your family members. Talk about it while you're walking down the road. While you're eating, talk about it. When you're, when you're sitting in your house, talk about it. Amen. Because you're, you're, you're keeping your body used to hearing the word. And then it will, it will know how to respond. If, if you're filling your heart full of the word of God and something happens and there's an issue with your heart, your heart can respond according to the word of God and not respond according to the disease. But I've got to keep my body used to hearing the word. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? Because my body is made up of the word. It's the word of God. The, 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 the scripture says in Colossians that the word of his power is holding everything together. Is that what it says? So, so all the cells, when, when, when a doctor looks at your cells in, in your body, there's something holding them all together. And they, don't, they, they still don't know what it is. We do. It's the word of God. That's what's keeping us together. Amen. And the word is eternal. And so even after this body's outlived its usefulness and it falls over in a heap, the real you is held together by the eternal word of God and you live forever. Amen. Mm. Now why does every cell respond? Because the life of God comes into the part that's afflicted and immediately changes it. The blood begins to flow. The closed cells respond and the healing's done. Amen. Do you see this? Hallelujah. So how do you deal with something like that? How, how do you deal with cancer? How do, you, how do you deal with any disease? First of all, rebuke fear. You can have no fear. You've got a, the word would be censure. C-E-N-S-U-R-E. You've got to censor fear. You've got to reject it. You've got to rebuke it. I will not be afraid. That story uh, Pastor Michelle told about Brother Hagin. He said he was walking back and forth in that room, just praying in tongues, and the enemy was saying, uh, 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 you're, go- you're going to die. I got you this time. He said, no, 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 no. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And he said, well, you're afraid. Look, look at your hands. And he said, I looked down. Sure enough, my hands were shaking. And he said, I went, oh, Mr. Devil, that don't mean anything. I'm not a body. I'm a spirit. And out of my spirit, I'm telling you, I'm not afraid. I will not fear. Remember what Scripture says? I will not fear what man can do to me. Right? I will not fear. So not fearing is an action of your will. I won't do it. Amen. I've had people tell me, now nah, everybody's afraid of something. You just met the first person who's not. If that's what you believe, you just met the first person who's not. I look over this congregation, I believe I'm looking at a bunch of fear-free people that have no fear about anything. Why? Because you're full of faith. Hallelujah. Well, what if fear comes? You tell it where to go. You tell it where the door's at. Perfect love casts out fear. I won't fear. Amen. Hallelujah. So you got to rebuke fear. Because that, that is the germination point. That's the ignition point for the enemy. If, if he knows I'm going to be afraid of that, then he knows he's got a place in me. Amen. Then, we talked about this at length, you got to speak the word. Amen. I was dealing with the situation one time and a person was facing something very deadly. And uh, when they would talk to me, they would say, I need you to pray. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. I would pray, but I never heard anything coming out of their mouth. They had to be saying something. <coughs> they, they had to at least be agreeing with what I was saying and what I was praying. 
Amen. R remember that. Every, a person can agree with you, but I've got to be speaking the word. What does the word say? Amen. Yeah, but I just don't feel like I'm getting any better. What does the word say? It says you're amending. Hallelujah. Why? Because the word's been spoken. Remember when, when Jesus was, was uh, uh, in the city and the nobleman came from Capernaum and came? And he said, my son is dying, a great fever, and he had left the day before. And Jesus said, uh, uh, all you want is a sign and a wonder. And the man said, sir, please come down there and my child die. And Jesus, remember what he said? He looked at him and said, go your way, your son's well. And he got back the next day, and they came and told him, hey, he's better. Everything's great. And look what he said. When did he begin to amend? And they said, yesterday, the third hour. And he said he remembered that was the hour, one o'clock in the afternoon, that Jesus said, go your way, your son is well. So the moment Jesus said the words, the son started getting better. He didn't get better immediately. It might have took a couple hours or however long it took. But by the time dad got home, he was better. So I'm declaring over you, no matter what you may be dealing with, you're beginning to amend right now in the name of Jesus because that's God's will for you is that you get better. Hallelujah. See, I've got to declare those things. All the scriptures, I'm not going to take the time to go into them, but all the scriptures that we went over Wednesday evening and, and last night where it talks about Jesus healed them all and as many as touched him were whole and he cast out the spirits with their words and, and with his word and healed them all. This Bible is God speaking to me. This is the words of Jesus in, in written form. When I read what Jesus did, I'm reading God's will for my life. And so I can go and say, you healed all of them, and I am included in all. You healed them all. I'm included in them all. I received my healing. So I've got to rebuke fear. I've got to speak the word. Don't, don't fail to let the word come out of your mouth. Yeah, but you know, I feel fine. Great, that's the best time to be speaking it. That's the best time to be speaking it. Amen. Are you with me? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Because understand something. You can go and get some relief from medicine. And, and I, I'm not saying you shouldn't. But well, here's what I want you to know. Medicine and drugs don't heal. God heals. And, and, and Charles Capps used to say this. He said, maybe you need to go to the doctor and get some help to take some of the pressure off your faith. But if you go to the doctor afraid, now you got fear leading the way. Amen. Glory to God. So rebuke fear, speak the word, and then I touched on this early, don't pick up the question. Don't pick up the question. Well, what happens if? That, that muddies the water. Well, what if I have hands laid on me and I don't get healed? Well, see, my thinking is that's impossible because James said, Right? Call for the elders of the church, let them anoint him with oil, prayer, faith, save the sick, Lord, raise him up. Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Don't pick up the question. It doesn't matter why you got it or why it attacked you just as long as it goes. Amen. Because the enemy will attempt to bring confusion to your mind. And, I, and I'll, and I'll uh, wrap this up with this. A person that I, I know uh, and have known for a number of years, love them dearly, and, and they're, they're getting out of this. But every time something would go wrong, the question was, 
I don't know where I'm missing it. I must be out of the will of God. I must be this. I must be that. (laughs) You don't have to be out of the will of God for the enemy to try to attack you. He's... Jesus called him a murderer. Jesus called him a liar and a thief. Do you know that none of those three types of people have any honor? They don't play fair. If a person will lie to you, they'll steal from you. If they'll steal from you, they might stab you. You can't, right? So here's my point. So the enemy's not sitting around going... Oh, well, they're in the will of God, so I can't touch them. No, he's going to try. But what can we do? Stand immovable. But here's the point. They would belabor with that question, and I would go to visit them or go see them, and they would just have this pained expression on their face. I just don't understand. I I must be out of the will of God. I've, I've got... To know what God wants me to do. Oh, I got to know. You know what they're saying? I don't know. Right? I got to get the mind of God. You have the mind of God. Scripture says, what does Scripture say? It says you have the mind of Christ. They kept picking up the question. And I've watched over the time I've known them, to go somewhere and things would go real good and then something would happen and that question would start, I must be out of the will of God. Everything fall apart, pick up and go somewhere else. Leave here and leave there and go here and go there. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's, and it's the same way in their physical life. You've got to be steadfast. In what you know. And don't don't pick up the question. This answers all the questions. One verse. There's enough healing power in 1 Peter 2.24. To clean out every hospital in Little Rock. Every medical clinic in Little Rock. Every sick person in every house. In every bedroom. There's enough healing power in that one verse. To heal everybody in the entire United States. If they just believe it. But I got to let go of the question. Amen. Amen. I believe God. I believe God. And the Lord's been saying something to me. Hallelujah. Especially along the lines of cancer. Because it can be evident. It can be there. You can be dealing with something. And and maybe that's just in your mind. And the Lord told me to say it this way, just this way. It doesn't matter if it's something you can see on your skin, a lump in your body, a tumor that they can see on some kind of, a, of, of imaging device, whatever it may be. When the Word of God is applied, it goes directly into the cells of that growth and begins to kill it. Kill it. Cancer has to be killed. Even with radiation, they kill those cells. And that's why it's so dangerous, because the healthy cells get eradicated too. And then once those healthy cells are eradicated, then you, you deal with infection and you deal with your immune system being compromised. Amen. But here's the point. Why do they have to do that? They have to kill the outlaw growth. The Word of God goes directly into that outlaw growth and simply kills it and strengthens you while it's doing it. Amen. Amen. So we've, we've got to settle some things tonight. Amen. And, 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 and I, know, I know that you believe this, but we've got to say some things out of our mouth. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, because everything that the world's dealing with right now is illegal. It's, it's not allowed to come to us. Amen. It's not allowed to, to come on us. It's not allowed to overtake us. It's illegal. Yeah. We're off limits. Watching online, sitting here. If you're dealing with any, any type of cancer, tumor, growth, whatever it is, that's illegal. Amen. It's trespassing in your body. Yeah. Amen? Don't fear it. Don't want, you, listen, you can't sit around and touch something and feel something. And, and what is that? Oh, my. I got to, oh, this is a weird nodule here. And, and what? Oh, my. What? Fear. Yeah. 
if, if, it's, if it's weird, if it's it, whatever, you, you understand? You got to address it with the Word of God. Rick Renner said he felt that, that lump in his chest, and oh, he just fixated on it. And he, he would feel it. And oh my, what is that? And he would lay down in bed at night and go, oh, what is that? Lord, oh, what is that? And his wife said, why don't you just go to the doctor? And he said, oh, okay. And so finally went to the doctor, and they set up a day for him to come in. They were going to have a, do a biopsy on it and, and remove it. It was a you know, outpatient procedure. And he said, I had just, you, you know, and you know how Rick gets, I had fixated on this for months. Right? And worried and, and lost sleep. And, and he said, I pinched it and, and, and it bruised my skin and, and, it, and it was swelling. And he said, the doctor came in and, uh, and, and had that lump in a jar. And he said, what you had was a ball of fat. <laughs> and you know, Rick, he said, I lost sleep. Over a ball of fat. <laughs> well, I can't guarantee if you, if you have a lump or something that's not right that it's going to be a ball of fat. But here's what I can promise you is that sitting around fixating on it is not going to fix it. And I, I remember hearing Pastor Minister in uh, the, the sermon series, No More Limits. I listen to it all the time. He said, the Lord told him one time, what are you worried about? He said, have you not yet figured out that nothing you've ever worried about happened? Nothing you've ever worried about happened. See, I've got to be fixated on that. Amen. Hallelujah. So stand on your feet tonight. Praise the Lord. I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and when the thought comes, you've got to answer it. I was walking through the store the other day. Actually, I was kind of dodging through the store. <laughs> and, and I walked by an old boy, and, and he had a mask on. And, and don't misunderstand me. If you came in here with a mask, I don't begrudge you. I'm, that's not my point in saying this. But I'm telling you what I have to do. I saw that, and I said out loud, I will have no fear in Jesus' name. And Lily was in the cart and she goes, we have no fear in Jesus' name. She can't whisper. I whispered. She can't whisper. Amen. So I whispered, oh, Lily, I will not fear in Jesus' name. She said, me either. I have no fear in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. But, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, first of all, we just send your word, Lord. We send your word to those watching online. We send your word to those that are dealing with physical issues, Father. It may be cancer. It may be other issues. But, Father, you, the angel of the Lord, stood before me in that bedroom that night, and he said that there was an anointing that was deposited in our lives, Father, that we would deal with cancer as what it is, the foul offspring from the pit of hell, and that we would kill it in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I speak to their bodies. I speak to the, their, their, their bones. Father, I speak to every organ of their body, and I declare you are a cancer-free zone. And if you're dealing with lumps, you're dealing with tumors, you're dealing with anything of that nature, I rebuke it in Jesus' name, and I call it what it is, the foul offspring from the pit of hell, and I desire and I command that you die in that body in the name of Jesus, and that you cease to exist, and that you cease to operate in them in the name of Jesus. Anyone under the sound of my voice dealing with any of those things, I'm telling you, it ceases to exist now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're the healed of the Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So say this out loud. In the name of Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. My body instantly responds to any word of God that I hear. And I declare that I am healed, that I'm strong, that sickness and disease are taken from my midst. I have the life of God, the life of 1 Peter 2.24 is flowing through my body.
through my bloodstream, through every cell of my body, my respiratory system, my lungs, my heart are all well, all whole, all protected. No plague, no plague, no plague will come near me. The Lord, my healer, takes sickness from my midst. I am well. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a moment real quick and just turn two, three people and testify and tell them I'm healed. I'm whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you go home and don't fear. You you know, you know. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The presence of an enemy doesn't mean anything. I'm so glad I got a hold of that years ago. Because just just because there's a symptom doesn't mean anything. You can't enter into fear about that. Amen? I believe God. I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise.